welcome to the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Alex. And I'm Lisa. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, everybody. And Happy New Year. One of us always sneaks the good morning in quick before the other. And the, I was like, <laughs> didn't do it today. <laughs> we to say it. Yeah. I feel like I just sit and wait for you to say it to me. Like, I always say good morning to you. I don't know why or when I took that introductory role on but I feel it's mine so I'm just going to carry yeah on. I feel like it is so good morning to you <laughs> oh right it is we're actually filming the first of this episode filming recording whatever can't even think I sound like filming we film now we film now guys yeah. we What's are that? professionals as you're <laughs> going to see today <laughs> yeah um and it's before Christmas although this is our brand new season going out on New Year's Day um, yeah are you ready for Christmas, Lisa? I know, I know it's I know by the time people listen, it's New Year's, but are you actually ready? No, I can't speak about it and I can't speak it after about it after Christmas. I'm not ready before and I'm not ready after. <laughs> oh, brilliant. You know what I'm ready for, honestly. For for me, New Year is for me. It's everything that I love about life. It's new beginnings, fresh starts. You go away, a, don't you, as well? Yeah, yeah. So I should be away today, but um, we will see because we've now got George and George has not been introduced to the motorhome yet. So we normally go to Wales, very convenient for who's on this podcast today. Oh, yeah. There. <laughs> um, but yeah, we normally go to Wales for New Year um, and I'm just debating whether to take him or not. Hopefully I should have practiced by the time we've got to this point of today, which is New Year's Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you're just being all confusing. But anyway, if you do see Lisa disappear off screen, for those of you who are watching through the app, yeah. it's not because she's being rude. She's not going to say anything. Our guest knows that she has a brand new puppy and that's what she's yeah, doing. She's yeah. toileting him. <laughs> <laughs> I am otherwise by the end of this podcast my house will stink <laughs> if she disappears that's where she's gone um, if I disappear it's because I'm bored <laughs> <laughs> well I hope I don't disappear now I know imagine if your door goes now <laughs> I definitely won't be bored I definitely won't be bored so I am so ready to finish work so that, that's the truth I'm yeah. so ready to just like have a break because I did my carol service at the church on Sunday. Just amazing. Gone. I actually saw your mum and sister. Um, sorry, George wants to come up now. Um, I saw your mum and sister. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at him. He's got sorry. Attention I know. I'm, I get so distracted now. I love my new life with my little puppy. Um, and they they were saying it was absolutely incredible. Your mum absolutely loved it, and she was so proud of you. Which you know I need. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she she genuinely was honestly. And I just think I love I love choirs. I love carol services. So it was lovely, on. and it was like. Um, I was running around like an absolute fool, up and down the organ steps, shoes on, shoes off, downstairs conducting. And um, the other girl that I PT with... It's like something out of Sister Act. Oh, it does. <laughs> it does. Clue number two. 
Um, but yeah, the other girl that I PT with, and you know, she's got a separate business, but we PT in the same building. She actually came to watch it as well. And she said, how did you learn all this for anyone who's listening? Aww. I'm waving my hands like a conductor. I was like, oh, I just made that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, it's all down to Mr. Marshall, who you will. Oh, from school. So our band conductor, brass band conductor at school, occasionally does she used to say, right, take over conducting and just pick one or two of us to just get up and start conducting. So I have done it before. I just happened to be 15 then. I just think it's incredible that you're doing stuff like that. Love it's it. so it's so lovely. Like it really, really is. I'm dead proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud of you. It's, we were saying on message to each other the other day, we must sound so gushy and we're not often like this, but like we were saying, weren't we, how amazing it is to be living our lives the way we want to be living them. It's just incredible. Like, I, can't, I can't believe it. Yeah, something that come up. So um, I did my, I hosted my first ever forest bathing and mindfulness day the other day with my friend Sue. And something that came up um, because we'd done like a meditation and cards afterwards and it was about learning, my card that I got was about learning to love yourself. And it was, it was just so kind of, I can't think of the word. Oh my God, I'm so menopausal right now as well. Um, But it was just perfect for what I was going through. And the day before I'd made a decision and this is quite good for New Year. So if anybody else wants to join me on this decision, I think it's really good um, that I'm not going to do things that don't bring me joy anymore. So the day... I know. So last weekend we celebrated one of our members and ambassadors, Nana's 30th birthday, which was, it was so lovely. And I was so excited to go. I was excited to get ready. I was excited to pick my friend Zoe up. I was excited to get there and see everybody. And that made me think that like the week before I'd gone and done something, which was like the sober rave. Yeah. But I'd not had that feeling about it. I didn't really want to go. And it highlighted to me how important it is to only do things that bring you joy. So I'm going forward with that this year. I'm I'll do the same, doing, Lise. Yeah, I'll do the same. Just, do you know why? Because I we went to that sober rave a, a couple of months ago or a month ago or whatever. And genuinely, I went because I had a fear of missing out. I had FOMO. Yeah, yeah. And actually, when I got there, it wasn't all that for me. I didn't particularly enjoy it. It was nice to see everybody, but that was it. I didn't yeah, actually yeah. get joy it from It wasn't the your thing, no. was it? So and I won't do again. Stop. I won't yeah. do it again. However, what I do want to say is I felt pretty lame this week because I have been really, I know we had the podcast last season talking about busy and not to say you were busy, but the church is a really busy time at this point. So I'm winding down from the PT in on Friday, but the church actually steps up. I've had two funerals, carol service, two Christ Ingalls, midnight mass. And that is all on this yeah. like, where it should be quite relaxing. But I genuinely find joy in doing that. So it doesn't feel yeah. overwhelming or overburdening. I'm not bothered that I'm going out at 11.30 p.m. on Christmas Eve. I want to do it. I can't wait. So, it's funny. Sorry to interrupt. Um, but I'm sure everyone's used to it now anyway. Yeah, yeah, it'd be fine. <laughs> but, but yeah, <laughs> I when I've done the same remind me. <laughs> but when I'd done that um forest bathing on Sunday, and then we went round to Rob's family afterwards, and his dad said to me, God, working on a Sunday. I never saw it like that. It just didn't yeah. even cross my mind that and it would work. 
And I was so happy to finally, this is what we were saying like on the phone to each other the other day, so happy to finally be doing things that I love and enjoy as part of my work and not even realise that I'm working. Yeah, and you do have to be careful sometimes because it can mean, and, and we're both the same like this, that because we love everything we do, like I love my PT and we both love Be Sober, Lisa loves the accreditation, we love what we do. Yeah, We do have yeah. a tendency to overwork. Yes, we do. So we do have to take a rest as well. And we might remember to do that. But it is, it's yeah. just, I felt a bit lame though, Lisa. That's what I was saying. Because, and it was Lisa that said it. Well, I kind of said it to myself, but to Lisa. Um, so basically I'd got all this stuff on and my only day off happened to be the day of Nana's uh, 30th birthday. And yeah. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to go because I've got the carol service on Sunday and I've got this on Friday and blah, 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 blah. And then I found out that there were two people from Wales and two people from London going and thought, mm, I'm a shit friend. <laughs> so I uh, got my ass dressed and I'm so, so glad I went, Lisa. I'm so glad I went. It was lovely. Anyway, I'm an so hour. glad you did and I think because we forget sometimes that Be Sober is also our work is yeah. that like Nana does so much for us and it's Absolutely. important to show up it's important for us to show up to things like that as well isn't it do you know what I mean it's so, so important and um yeah look, should we talk about our guest yes who went here yet and I hope she comes you've definitely sent the link I've definitely sent the link oh go on Let's t- tell everyone who we've got. No, you can't say let's talk about our guest and I'm then hand it over her. I'm me. texting her to make sure she's got the link. Let's watch Alex text. No, don't watch me. It's already bad enough that I'm doing it. <laughs> All right, clues. So we've said okay. Wales. Yep. We've said Sister Act. Yes. Because she's actually going to be in Sister Act this yeah. on, on stage in theatre. What else can we say? Don't drink a pint of Stella while you are watching this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness we've got this. Oh, <laughs> yes. On. That was so good. I know. That was the best. If you haven't got it yet, then you got I it. don't know what's occurring. <laughs> right okay we've actually got ruth jones if she turns up coming (laughs) on our podcast i am getting slightly concerned i'll be honest with you because she hasn't read the messages (laughs) oh my god let me look you are the same message why are you looking because I want to see. Oh. Oh, my God. That's why you didn't want me to look. What? You've just messaged, just realised you don't have the link. No, that was earlier on. Look at the timestamp. That was at 10 Oh, o'clock. right. <laughs> oh, that's how you were going. Why are you looking? Why are you looking? <laughs> no, that was at 10 o'clock. Oh, my gosh. Right, let's carry on talking anyway till she gets there. Let's build build her up. Let's Water build cup. her up. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I am dead. Go on. Oh, go on. No, you go. No, I was going to say, do you think I should phone her? Maybe. Right, hold on. I'm going to pause. I'm going to speak her. No, I'm kidding. Oh, shall pause. I pause? Yeah, pause. I can't pause. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Pause. No. Oh, you will not believe, Lisa. <laughs> what, Alex? Um, you know our professional podcast. I'm so sorry I've got my coat on, by the way. I'm um, I'm on George Weed. Yeah, again, look at that. Look at that. Another <laughs> moment where she just sort of goes off on one. <laughs> yeah, go on. You know our professionalism, our highly yeah. professional, and these days we, we film things instead of... Well, apparently we also mess up our timings. She's not due on... Oh, hold on a minute. This is the Royal We. <laughs> it might the be Royal We. We mess up our timings. I think we we'll put we? it in the diary wrong. Fucking hell. But <laughs> on the good the good news is she didn't forget. She's coming still. Yes. In five, five, five minutes. Was. Right. Can I have another wee break? Well, shall we talk for 45 minutes and bore people? I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely was like, what? <laughs> I'm going to pause. We'll see you back here in what will feel like two seconds, but what we'll, will actually be <laughs> five, five minutes. <laughs> right, we're back and it's 12 o'clock. Correct it's time. right time. We've been waiting for ages. You've been waiting for about three seconds. Here's Ruth. Right, let's let her in. Makes me nervous, this, does it you? <laughs> <laughs> We can't sit in silence, Lisa. Oh, no, we can't. <laughs> we just sat like this, staring at the screen. We're just we waiting. Here we go. Here <laughs> oh, my God. Right. I'm sorry. This is very boring for people who are listening, but I am sorry that I'm so late. No, well, you're no, not you're to not. you. No, I'm not to, to me. Well, I am five minutes late. But Oh, yeah. I was I was so proud of myself. I thought, oh, I've got I'm so organized. I had to do this thing in the morning. I thought, right, now I said I've got to leave by eleven because I've got to get back because I'm doing this podcast recording at twelve. <laughs> then I get this message and I'm like, oh my God. And I was I, I read it really quick. I'm like, oh my god, what's happened? And I, <laughs> I ran Alex. I was going, what's happened? What's happened? <laughs> I don't know now who got it wrong because I'm no. I got it in the diary. No, you haven't got it wrong, but we we didn't sort of confirm it. We said oh. 11-ish back in the day, but like ages ago. So I, I'm very sorry, uh, but I'm here now. Well, what the funny thing is, right, that the podcast at the beginning kind of goes, oh, right, we oh, she's coming. And then it goes, oh, sorry, I've got the time wrong. See you in a bit. And then it goes, but it won't be a bit because it's like three seconds in your world. Because obviously <laughs> we paused it. So nobody actually gives a shit, do they? <laughs> So to anyone listening, it's all just happening now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's really see me all right. Is it all okay? And, and I've got random. Um, I haven't even checked my background. I've probably got a pair of knickers in the back. <laughs> oh, that, that no bra. Cool. <laughs> you know what? I did just see you with. Was that your be sober cup there? Yes. Hey. I love <laughs> you. Non, non toxin be sober cup. I hope. Yes, I've got. What you mean? Because there's no nasty plastics in it. Well, I hope not because it's made of plastic. Yeah, no, I had a panic attack. This. I thought you were telling us that ours was toxic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but and also I've got a green tea because since I listened to William Porter talking about caffeine on your podcast, I decided to try and knock it on the head. And I have to say... I do feel a lot better with it. Do you? Do you? Yeah. And I'm sleeping better. So, 
I don't know. And if William Porter knows about anything, it's how to get a good night's sleep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. And, and you know what? I'm not even going to try. It's one of those things that, you know, when in the past I would have said, oh, I might give up caffeine. I won't. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's funny because I've been drinking decaf, which is a bit silly because there is caffeine in decaf. But yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, you do notice, although the, you get the same taste and you get the same sort of ritual of having a coffee, um, you do go, oh, it hasn't got that kick. It's a bit you like... You just know it. Yeah. And you know, like, I don't know if you if you used to smoke, but I used to smoke and... Yeah, we did. <laughs> oh, don't get started, Ruth. Don't get started about why she used to smoke. But, but it's, it's it's a little bit like... Smoking, you know, going from the silk cut purple to the silk cut white. <laughs> You'd end up smoking more cigarettes because you're trying to get the nicotine hit. Yeah. No, Ruth, when, when did we you were younger, then? Well, Alex got me smoking. We always promised. I don't know why we did this, but we always thought it was disgusting. And as teenagers, we're like, we'll never do that. We'll never do that. And, and then we Alex, didn't want to die. We didn't want to die. Yeah. We always said we'd die at the same time, right? And Alex <laughs> rang me and she was like, Lisa, you're not going to believe this, but I've tried smoking. And me being my like 13-year-old self was like, oh, great. Great. So now I'm going to have to try it. So we got the bus all the way into our local town, went to the very top car park. We bought 10 Embassy. Do you remember, Lisa? <laughs> oh, 10 Embassy Red. Yeah. Embassy Red. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, so I blame Alex. But weirdly, we've just been talking about Alex's disgusting dressing gown that she has. And I'm like, it's like the dressing gown that you should have fags in your pocket with. <laughs> <laughs> I said it's my council estate dressing gown, right? And I don't mean that in any... I can say that because that's where I I came from. But honestly, it is. You know those who are... If you've ever... Well, you've definitely done shows about this kind of behaviour. But you know the mums that go out and start going, and I'm going to do my next door neighbour now, which is awful. Mark! 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, we used to... Well, I filmed a series once and there were people... Literally, there was, there were, uh, I remember one woman particularly, she was, she would stand outside in her dressing gown, like in the after, middle of the afternoon with a can of Stella in her dressing gown. <laughs> We've also been talking about cans of Stella before. <laughs> oh my God, it's like you've listened to our introduction. <laughs> this is so weird. We was giving clues oh, really? to who was coming on. And one of them, I, it weren't a very good clue, obviously, but it was like, don't drink a can of Stella. Watch <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, well, it's really nice to see you both anyway. Oh, really I'm, nice. I'm so scared. I don't know why, because we've actually Zoom met before. I don't know. It's making me really nervous. I've been to the toilet about eight times. But I have had a tummy bug as well, so I don't know. I don't know. No much information. We could have just said it were nervous wheeze. <laughs> yeah, because I, I feel like I've known you both for for ages. It's really strange, and um, I I think I might have told you this, but I first heard you. I well, I put two and two together. Because I used to listen to, I think it was during COVID, I used to listen to a lot of sober podcasts and I listened to the Annie Mary, uh, Annie Mary. Annie Mary. <laughs> you know what? It, I was in a film called Very Annie Mary. <laughs> 
<laughs> We're going to rename her Annie Mary now. I like it. <laughs> Annie Grace and the uh, Naked Mind podcast. And I remember here, there's two women from the north of England. And I thought, oh my God, how am- first, my first thing was, oh, how amazing that there are people like in Britain listening to very Annie Mary. <laughs> 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 and then when I started listening to your podcast, which I cannot believe it took me so long to discover, but it did. And you'd done about 400 episodes. Oh, no. We can talk a lot. talk a lot. It was, um, by the time I, by the time I listened, I thought, oh God, I remember listening to a podcast on this Naked Mind interview in those two. Because I, I, the thing I remember most was that you both were brought up in pubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing I remember most about us as well. Because <laughs> I don't actually good, remember much. There's a good fifteen years missing. <laughs> Can we just say when I first got, we first got a message from you, Ruth? Right. So I need to clear this up. I know we've talked about it privately. Lisa was on holiday, right? Please, I have no idea what went on in my mind, but we got this email from you, and it said Ruth Jones, the actress, not the MP from Newport, right? Yeah. So I just, I swear this is what, this was the thought process. That's a scam. Bollocks to that. Delete. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I thought you were trying to scam. In fact, it was Lisa that said, why did you do that? Like, what on earth would she be trying to scam us for? Even if it was a scam, a scam. I just worked. Say hello. She just wants a, she just she wants she a just paragraph. Like, how dare she want a paragraph? <laughs> you scammer. <laughs> yeah, because... We we should say I was researching to write. I wrote this article for Good Housekeeping magazine about having an alcohol free Christmas, yeah. and so I wanted to get a couple of quotes from people who had sober podcasts. And I I'd recently started listening to yours, and I just thought, oh, brilliant! It'd be fantastic. And so I so I emailed the website and didn't hear anything back. Emailed again, didn't hear anything back, and then I had to contact <laughs> Lee Mengo, who I've who's an who's an actor who I'd worked with who had been on your podcast I said I've I've emailed the be sober girls but I don't know maybe they don't want to do it but they haven't (laughs) he messaged my personal Instagram Lee and said Alex Ruth Jones is trying to get hold of you I cannot tell you the the thoughts and the process then I was like shit oh my god I've deleted her I can't believe I've deleted Ness I've deleted Ness oh my god yeah but that's it I'm really bad because I wouldn't um, and I'm so sorry Ruth but I I would literally be like who's who's Ruth John but that's because you're like your actress names (laughs) that's it you know the characters and not the people behind the characters what didn't you yeah yeah so that was that was why so so I said I went to Lisa I said I can't believe this Lisa in fact this happened Ruth Jones's message and then I heard this little silence this little silence and I was like Gavin and Stacey she went oh oh my god oh my god why did you do that right and this whole process then unfolded right so I then had to get in touch with you at which point you you, I I think I said to you something like I didn't think it was going to be you and you talked to me and proved it so Mm. then we had this recording of you, right? We were like two little fangirls, right? <laughs> so then I sent it to Lisa, who proceeded to listen to it, not knowing it was going to be you on the plane. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Olivia were like this. And then at the end, you'd read your number out and we're going, ah! Quick! <laughs> <laughs> that is so oh. 
That's so, so we fun. had a whole it, drama in the background around this. Like, but it is you, and we are so glad it's you. Oh, Ruth, oh. I, I do want to ask you, because I do want to get into our sober talk, if that is all right, because you said you were listening to, like, the Annie Grace podcast in lockdown. Well, she did, and she said the Annie Mary podcast. And it, the Annie Mary podcast. <laughs> the Annie Mary podcast. So what what's inspired you to do that? What kind of got you connected with the sober podcast? What what's behind it? Um well, do you want me to tell you my story or do you want me to just tell you about the podcast? How I got your story. Yeah, go yeah. If you're happy to. Yeah, let, let's I've got I've got my coffee. Let's go. I just move the move the fox. Um, we all want your story. At the really. moment. The room I'm in at the moment has got it's where I write and it's just got basically masses of sort of like memorabilia. So I'll just give you a quick. Oh one. my God. Yeah. Let's have a look. It's just, no, but it's in the attic and it's just got every, so things I just cannot throw away. So everything's crammed into this room. <laughs> I, I've got my, you're on my writing desk and I'm on my sofa, but I've got. So things. what have you written in this room oh. that we're looking at right now? And a dog. Oh, that looks like my new George. <laughs> this is well, it looks a bit raggier than George, to be honest. <laughs> it's my grandmother's nighty case. Oh, 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 oh my god! It's like Victorian or something. My mum used to have one just like but a bunny, and she yeah, still had a bunny, a pink bunny. one. Yeah. Looks quite dead. When we used to have a dog, we used to put it next to the dog to see how it reacted. <laughs> anyway, that's why I've got random things here. So I'm just sort of trying to make it look a bit more decent. That's from my sister's christening. I mean, it's just <laughs> anyway. Um, sorry. Yes. So me and um, um, well, I think usual thing of you know, teenage or oh, try cider at youth club that type of thing, and then I didn't really. I never really got into massive trouble with drinking when I was younger at all. But, um, uh, I, you know, I can remember we used to go to the pub at about, I think probably about 15, I started going to the pub. We do start going to the pub terribly early in this country, don't we? Yeah. yeah. When I think about, when I listen to other people's stories, I'm just thinking, God, you know, you start drinking like at 13. It's, yeah. But, I, you know, I knew there were people I was in, in school with who, I remember there was one girl, she had to go and have her stomach pumped and things like that. I never got to that that stage at all, thank God. Um, but, and then, you know, that sort of like, kind of carried on. It was all that social thing, drinking with friends and parties. It was always a social thing. Going to university, again, you know, you, you go to Fresh's Fair and you've got like ridiculously low priced uh, alcohol. I can remember drinking, I always remember that it was called Strawberry Cup was the name of the drink that everyone was drinking in fresh air. Um, so, you know, did all that. And it was really not until probably, you know, getting drunk, like most people, was just a laugh, you know, yeah. having a good laugh. And thankfully, it never got me into any, I never got into any problems with it. I mean, I do remember going to Scotland on a rugby trip with my friend when I was probably in my 20s and uh, we both sort of split up and we ended up with, with different guys and we had no mobile phones in those days and I ended up going to Glasgow with this guy that I'd met. She went to Ed- <laughs> Our island trip was bad. <laughs> And you just like, and it, and it, and it was awful because I was in this guy's house, 
And he was he was perfectly nice. But I said, look, I've got to get the train back to Edinburgh because we were staying in the B&B. He went, yeah, 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 I'll get, I'll get you back to the station. And I remember just as we were approaching the train station, and it was the last train going back to Edinburgh, he started limping. He's going, oh, oh, sorry, I've, I've, there's something wrong with my leg. And that slowed it down to the point that the train started pulling out of the station. And I mean, I must have been so naive. And he, and he was like, oh, you know, you'll have to stay at mine tonight. Oh, <laughs> Not terrible. Yeah. So he actually started limping. Yeah, he started limping. He started limping. And me and my friends always used to say he was like, uh, we, we, we called him the werewolf. Oh, I, I shouldn't go into too much detail now. <laughs> no, you're really not. It's quite funny. But continue, continue if you're allowed. The werewolf. Oh, when, he got, when he got amorous, he would sort of start growling. <laughs> And go <laughs> like this. I was like, "What the hell is going on?" So I couldn't wait to get back to my friend the next day and just go, "Oh my god, that guy was really strange." It was a leaping werewolf. But I mean, you could, you know, I can laugh about it now, and me and my friend laugh yeah. about it. Yeah, you think that. Yeah, that's because we got drunk at the rugby and then we went, oh, yeah, let's, you know, let's go off. And so this is a, seems like a really good idea. Now, I would be so scared if I had, um, like, I mean, my kids are, are older now, so they've sort of gone through that that 20s thing. But, you know, young, my nieces are, you know, I think, oh, God, it's so scary out there if you get drunk. Yeah. Um, and, and oh yeah! Realise it till you look back. Do you? That's no. And, and we've talked about this. You know, like there was there was an occasion. Thankfully, a load of us, but ended up getting in the back of a van outside of the pub and getting driven to a random house. We didn't know where we were going, <laughs> and yeah. we went to this house party and then ended up, at, you know, in his bathroom. Caroline, our friend. I remember her so well saying, come on, get in the back, get in the back. And honestly, about eight of us piled in the back of this van without any thought or regard yeah. where we were going, who we were with. And when yeah. you think back, it's terrifying, isn't it? Like, it's like the start of an episode of Midsummer Murders or something. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it all seemed like a good laugh and then suddenly yeah. it was very dark. So, I mean, there, there was sort of those kind of things. And thankfully, you know, I look back and I go, God, it was a minefield. And fortunately... I never stepped on a mine. So I, uh, it was all, you know, okay. There were a couple of like moments of like going, Oh God, this, I'm in a really dodgy situation here, but nothing, nothing really bad. And, um, and I think really it wasn't till maybe my mid thirties, what, what would happen when I started doing TV work, um, going away to work was like an exciting thing. And I, and I, now I look back and I go, Oh, I didn't really, um, capitalise on the actual job opportunity as much as I could have. I mean, yeah. I say that about university. I think, oh, if I could go to university now, I'd go to every single lecture and I'd really <laughs> yeah. Whereas at the time, you just, you know, it's, it's just exciting being away from home, isn't it? So it's all like that benefit of hindsight stuff. But um, yeah, so I'd go away to work and, you know, that again was another social thing. So you'd finish filming at sort of 7pm and then you'd go back to the hotel and you'd go to the bar. And I used to have this sort of rule of, um, oh, just make sure you drink two pints of water before you go to sleep. And sometimes, you know, I'd go to bed at like 1am and I'd be being picked up at six. Now, yeah. again, you can you can sort of say, well, I, there's there's no way my body could take that now at this age. So when you're younger, you've got more stamina, you can take yeah. that but and it was all a good laugh everything was good everyone was doing the same thing so it was all it was sociable 
but it's not really a great way to work. It's not a great, great thing to just be just about scrape through, just about remember your lines in the morning, get into makeup, get them to put loads of makeup on you to hide the bags under your eyes and all that stuff. You know, you've been given this job. I mean, I sound so sort of school mom now, but (laughs) and then a lot of people would love to have this job and you're just, you know, partying in the night. I mean, I wasn't, again, I wasn't like a kind of reckless sort of drinker I, I I it wasn't that I was you know extreme but nonetheless it was it, it, I I wish I'd, I'd been a bit more appreciative of what I was doing work. you just sound like everyone else though to me you're like you know you're you sound like a normal drinker because that's what we do yeah. just in different circles it's yeah. interesting though that you were putting rules in place so like but not connecting the dots and that's something that we've all kind of done so even though you were drinking you're like right I'll have two pints of water before I go to bed but we don't connect that with how alcohol actually makes us feel do we exactly and 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 you know waking up and having those that sort of that anxiety that that I think that got worse as I as I got older and when I got into my 30s towards the end of my 30s so so I I think I can remember going to Spain with a friend and I was 37 because I remember her saying to me so I was like oh come on let's get another bottle of wine and she was much more sort of um What's the, I want to say respectful of the, oh, let's, we'll have a bottle of wine with the meal and that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, come on, let's get some more. (laughs) Why? Why do you, you know, why we don't need to get drunk. Let's just get merry. You don't need to get drunk. And, and she, and she said, I just think, you know, we're past that now, aren't we? And, and I think the the sight of a 37 year old woman staggering around drunk is a bit sad. I remember saying that and I thought, Oh, she's 37. And I remember at the time thinking, 37, oh, that's really old. I think now, God, that's 20 years ago. <laughs> um, but that, you know, so so that was a point. And I think perhaps what happened with me was that a lot of my friends um, got married and had kids. Like th- three of my very close friends got married and had kids quite early on. Well, four of them did, actually. So they... And for me, that isn't the path that I went down. So I never had young babies to look after. Mm. Um, And I think that, oh my God. I mean, I remember saying to my friend who had a baby, she was the first one to have a baby, whose wedding, I went to his wedding the other day, he's 35 now. (laughs) She had, I remember saying, oh my God, you're not going to be able to get drunk because you have to get up with a baby in the morning. And I I remember we were like 22 then or something. Um, So... I think that's also what happened was that they were sort of on a different trajectory from me. And then, and then as I was getting to my 40th birthday, um, I, I was really, I think then I started to think, I think I perhaps had, I think I've had periods of not drinking, then, you know, because I wanted to feel better. And I can remember even then sort of in my thirties going, all right, I'm going to have a break. And, and I'm talking about, Every, you know, I would come home and every night I'd want a glass of wine. You know, that was like a normal thing to do. And and what yeah. it would go and be more than a glass sometimes, you know. Yeah. But it it was a habit that I'd got into. And so when I decided to have a break from it, I would feel, oh, so much better, so much more energetic. But there, there was no, I mean, back then there was no podcast. There was no, people didn't talk about um, drinking in the same way because 
you if you said, oh, I think I, I, I'm drinking too much. Oh my God, have you got a problem? Oh, yeah. yeah, you were an alcoholic. Yeah, you're an alcoholic. Yeah, which, yeah. you know, and, and, and we all know now that that's not the case. That we yeah. all know now because more people are talking about it. There are far more um, communities and outlets and discussions about, about alcohol consumption. Uh, and, and the way that advertising affects us and all of those things, because we, na- we now have that, we have that, the benefit of that, we can see it more clearly. Whereas back then it was very black and white. Oh, well, if you drink. It was like a them and us, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like, mm-hmm. I remember it in the pub. Um, so everybody that used to come in the pub and they come in every day drinking. Every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then they'd say, oh... Can we add including so-and-so. our parents? Including yeah, our well, parents? Yeah, yeah. And, they, and they would say, like, oh, someone's always an alcoholic. But, like, and you'd be like, oh, really? But these people were With coming in alcohol every <laughs> yeah. single day of their life. And you're like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's astonishing, isn't it? And then, so I think I... I'd started to have like phases of not drinking, feeling better. And then, I mean, I think I, I think I went for like two years in my thirties of not drinking and just feeling so much better, but there was never, uh, I, there was never any thought going into it. And, and I think I still was like going, Oh, holding on going, Oh, you know, I'd like to have a drink, but I won't. It was all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so my 40th came, I had a massive party for my 40th in Tiger Tiger down Cardiff. Um, <laughs> and everyone came and it was oh, it was a great party. It was really, really good. Um, and it was just before I was due to start filming Gavin and Stacey for the first, the first, very first series. So knew, nobody knew how Gavin and Stacey was going to pan out. We'll get back to our chat shortly. But first, let us tell you about Be Sober. At Be Sober, you'll find a supportive community of like-minded people who understand and support you. Energize your mind and body with our fitness sessions. Discover the power of mindfulness with Be Sober Yoga. Engage in vibrant discussions, workshops and support groups with thriving Zooms. Be Sober really is the ultimate community. Whether you're sober for a short time, contemplating it or have long-term goals of making meaningful connections, it's a place where you can find your tribe and create lasting friendships. Take the first step towards an empowered and connected sober lifestyle. Join us today at BeSoberOfficial.com. It was just before I was due to start filming Gavin and Stacey for the first, the first, very first series. So knew, nobody knew how Gavin and Stacey was going to pan out. So it was just before that. And it, I was also doing the Little Britain live show. So that was in, and that was in um, Hammersmith. And so I had this sort of, uh, agreement that I would if any shows I could do I would go and do them but if I was filming and I couldn't get up there then I wouldn't so it was quite a hectic sort of life but I um my I had my party and I it was great it was a really great party I had the Saturday night in Tiger Tiger then on the Sunday I had like my my parents my, my sort of the older generation family and friends came uh people who had babies came who couldn't come to the party it was brilliant and but hey I remember waking up like in the morning and we knew we had like 60 people come into the house and walking around the kitchen with two raw chickens in my hand <laughs> <laughs> I've got to turn this into a casserole and I'm too hungover. <laughs> and it was that so slightly hysterical. You know, when you used to have that. Hysteria. Yeah, I know it. It was like that. Thankfully, we had a friend who wasn't drinking, who just took over and she made, she did everything. <laughs> the, party, the lunchtime party was great. But 
by the time the Monday came, I was like, I, I spent a day of just going, oh, I'm just going to be completely indulgent, open my presents, and I'm just, you know, start drinking at lunchtime and just continue the party. So it was essentially a three-day party. And I was due to start performing. I had to go up to London on the Tuesday and I lost my voice. Oh, I, no. I lost because I'd partied so much, you know. And when I say partied, for me, it's not a euphemism. For I, I've never, I've never... I've, I have, I've smoked, um, weed like years ago, but I've never taken drugs. I've yeah. never, or well, magic mushrooms. I did try magic mushrooms. <laughs> I did when I was a teenager. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never tried them. I swear, even as an adult, I want to try them. No, no, you don't. <laughs> you can get those micro doses now, can't you, or something that are supposed to be like magic mushroom related. But no, I would never do that. that was, it was horrendous. <laughs> you can I, get these, but I would never, ever do that. <laughs> Oh no, it was awful. I was seeing green, little little green Draculas everywhere, and I was and I really shouted at my nana, and I always felt bad about that. And I and oh. no, it was a really horrible experience. And I and I just yeah. never never really into to drugs at all. I never took ease or speed no, or no, anything like that. You, I you had a bad experience. That, on that, yeah, are. I did. I always thought like with ease because they were quite popular when we were teenagers mm-hmm. but I the Leah Betts thing was going around oh, and yeah and with I the Wonderwall song yeah it put the fear of God into me and I thought I know that would happen to me if I went and did that but yeah. mushrooms I did try and I had somebody jump out of the telly at me oh my god and they literally went what kind of trip have you had and I was like <gasps> oh it was awful <laughs> they were there were milk oh. bottles dancing there was and oh. got home Ruth I'm going to have to tell you this now because um, there was an old guy that my mum knew from the pub. It's really awful, right? But she said, Lisa, she said, Irish Michael's been found dead. Right? Oh, now I'm smiling. Oh, Lisa. I know, I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> so, right, wait, 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 wait. Right, right. Irish Michael's been dead. Well, I was literally high as a kite on these magic mushrooms. I had them at eight o'clock and I had to be on from Thursday Club at nine, right? So good up. And she says, <laughs> she says, I've written a poem for him. Can I read it? Yeah. Right? Oh, no. And I, like, and I remember exactly where I was sat. The walls were coming in. Oh, it was awful. Oh, my and I never, God. ever had them again after that. <laughs> I never had them Michael (laughs) but I've never had them ever honestly like my limit was cannabis that was it so I you know I really do as much as I shouldn't probably say this I do feel like I've missed out on a year no you haven't Dracula's and people coming out of the telly no you haven't (laughs) you know what when when I took it there was a real real craze for taking mushrooms in in when I it must be when I was about 15 I think and everything happened when I was 15 (laughs) (laughs) my mum is a doctor and my mum has got this had this real kind of like reverse psychology way of parenting (laughs) so for example I remember once I had had friends in my room and we had lots of cans of lager and I hid the cans under my bed and the next like a couple of days later I came home and I went into my room and my mother had just uh, she would put all of the cans in a row in the middle of my room didn't say a word to me <laughs> that's like my dad would say something oh just waited for me to come and say something about the cans, right? Oh, that's awful. What she did with the magic mushrooms, because she must have known. I mean, the pair, I mean, the thing is now, at the time I remember like um, 
somebody got suspended for being, you know, for being a drug dealer. Like they, they, we, we kind of <laughs> drug we called all the teachers the drug squad because they'd all <laughs> up in assembly, and it must have been quite scary. If I had a fifteen-year-old and there was people, you know, I would be scared now. From yeah, a yeah. But anyway, we didn't. We weren't sort of scared at the time. But my. <laughs> She cut out an article from the BMJ that was all about the um, what magic mushrooms do to you physically, not because of the sort of the effect of the on the brain, but things like it had all and it containing containing maggots that are in the soil <laughs> that where they go, and the maggots will go into your liver and all this kind of stuff. And she just left this article out for me, and I have to say, it did put me off. <laughs> do you know my dad? It, this sounds very similar to my dad. So just shortly after I'd started smoking. Um, I was walking with my sister's boyfriend at the time down the road and having a cigarette, walking along, brazen as anything, puffing away on this cigarette. And when I looked up, I noticed my dad's car parked at the side of the road. Oh, no. oh shit. Oh, no. So I kind of flicked the cigarette out of the way, walked along. He wound the window down on the passenger side and I said, hi, dad. And he went, there's 10 fags waiting for you at home and just drove off. I shits myself I wouldn't go home I wouldn't go home for ages and ages and ages and ages and when I did get home my mum was sat on the sofa with cigarettes and literally made me smoke them and oh I think I, I might have made this next bit up but I'm sure <laughs> which means she has <laughs> no I, I have made it up but, but for ages I was convinced that I'd eaten some cigarettes genuinely right <laughs> and that they'd forced me to eat them they definitely didn't oh, do that but so they did force God. me to smoke them <laughs> oh my god oh my god did it put you off no I just thought oh, right you know I, I was so I, I pretended it did but you know yeah. no I was already smoking nicotine addiction yeah I was already smoking yeah. by there probably met Lisa <laughs> and had some more <laughs> yeah. so I think that was the time really when or sort of around when I turned 40 where I think you start you know you question things about 40 right I was quite worried about turning 40 I saw it I saw it coming over the hill at me and I thought oh my god 40 that's so old and and I remember in my late 30s I went through a craze of um, buying designer sunglasses that was my midlife crisis because I just (laughs) I really really didn't know how I, I, I it really had a quite a profound effect on me the thought of getting getting older and turning 40 and then of course when 40 came it was absolutely fine and I think but I think a lot of it when I think back I didn't drink pretty much for that whole decade of my 40s so what the the thing that, that sort of stopped me was I I just I had Christmas so we, we filmed Gavin and Stacey and for various reasons that was it was it, it, it was oh it was it was great. I mean the whole thing was was great filming it. But there were a couple of things that that went on during it that um I, that made me really unhappy. And um I and then I and I sort of got every and again it was quite a partyish sort of everybody was socialising and all that stuff. And then we got to Christmas. And I think it was that sort of, you know, that in between time, in between, I think like the day after Boxing Day. Mm. Betwixtmas. Yeah. What they call it. Betwixtmas. Betwixtmas. Yeah. And it was, you know, when you're kind of like, you're eating up leftovers and you're just sort of slobbing around, aren't you? And you're, you're eating loads of chocolate. And, 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 you know, and it doesn't matter if you have, you start drinking at lunchtime. It's like, you know, it's all, and I just thought, what am I doing? And I remember having a glass of red wine and I just thought, 
I'm just not enjoying this at all. I am not enjoying this at all. I don't like the taste of it. It's not even giving me a buzz, probably because, you know, I'd been drinking over Christmas and and I just I think I I it must have been um the I think it was the twenty I yeah, it was the 29th of December and I just went, that's it, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. And there was nothing to go to. There were no like I think now you've got such a proliferation of podcasts and communities, books, um, counselling, coaching, so much. If you decide, you you know, and and the problem is, is like we just said earlier, the stigma with alcohol is so great and it's still so great. People, if you you said, like, um, if you said, I I don't eat sugar or I don't eat wheat, People just accept it and they go, that's your, you, either that you, you know, you react badly to it or you've made that decision for your health and you don't want to eat sugar. Or if you go, I don't smoke. People yeah. don't go, why? <laughs> yeah. why, why, don't, why? Why don't you smoke? Did you have a pro- have you got a problem with cigarettes? They don't say that. Or, oh, do you have a problem with sugar? It, it, and so it, and it's still difficult to sometimes to talk openly about deciding to stop drinking alcohol because yeah. You especially like being in the public eye. I mean, I you know somebody could listen to this podcast now and go, um, "Oh, uh, Ruth Jones had a problem with alcohol," and I'm like, "Well, probably no more of a problem than the majority yeah. of the population in Britain." Actually, definitely no more of a problem than the majority you know? of the population. I think you sound like a normal drinker, and that is the problem between labelling up problem drinkers, isn't it? Because once you label somebody, oh, you have that label of alcoholic, then anything below alcoholic who chooses to stop drinking is automatically labelled an alcoholic. And it's so wrong. Exactly, exactly. And I I didn't have that. So so there there was none of this community. So the only thing that that was there was AA. And I've not said this publicly before for that very reason that I think people go, oh my God, you went to AA. Now, I think AA is brilliant. I think it helps huge numbers of people. And I think it's, you know, considering it was set up in the 1930s um, and and the the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, some of it is so beautifully written. I mean, it really is written incredibly well. Um, uh, But for, and I, and I did go to, to, to meetings and, and, and met, really lovely people and there was really supportive people and it was really good laugh a lot of the meetings were really good laugh um but in my heart I knew it wasn't it wasn't right for me because I didn't feel it did not feel like I was an, an addict I didn't feel like I no that's wrong because I think alcohol is addictive but what it means I didn't feel right saying uh, uh, the, uh, describing myself as an alcoholic and, it's and so you know, difficult and that's what's really difficult and that's what we say about AA there's no animosity for us if, you, if it fits great if it helps great my yeah. dad did the same you know and he would never have gone to AA even, my dad even called himself an alcoholic and he would never have gone to AA never 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 because yeah. why should he have to stand there and say my name's such a thing yeah. and I'm an alcoholic why why do we have that label it's so wrong but you see the thing I have a little bit of an issue with is nowhere in the book nowhere in the big book does it say that you have to sit in a meeting and say I am an alcoholic it doesn't say that and in the just kind of 
escalated over the years. Yeah, and I think yeah. people taking ownership of it. And, you know, I'm not knocking it. And I, I honestly, I really am not knocking it. But in the traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous, the third tradition says the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. And that yeah. is the third yeah. and, and I just feel that you should be able to go to an AA meeting and sit there. I mean, you can actually, nobody forces you to speak, but you shouldn't have to feel bad if you don't describe yourself as an alcoholic. Yeah. And um, uh, so, so, you know, much as I, and I'm still friends with, with people, friends that I made there, I, I'm still friends with some of them, but I also got to a point where I felt you couldn't, if you, if you said, oh, I, I don't think AA is for me, but I don't want to drink. They go, oh, you've got to be careful now. Yeah. yeah. Get yourself to a meeting. Get yourself to a meeting. And it was that sort of uh, regimented attitude from some, not all, but from some people that I just found it just wasn't my cup of tea I, because I, I didn't like that feeling of going, oh, you think I'm in denial. Yeah. Or, oh, I need a meeting to stay sober. Yeah. 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 And also, I think what I realised from listening to Very Annie Mary, <laughs> from Annie Gray, <laughs> is, is that it's not about resistance or daily um, reminding yourself that you are an alcoholic. It's that, how does that, I just don't see how that makes sense. It's about making it insignificant in your life. So yeah. cigarettes now are not, I don't even give them a second thought, but time yeah. was when I couldn't wait to get up in the morning and have a fag. Well, you know, I Ruth, we used, I, I say, and I've said this quite a lot, especially recently, if I wasn't one of the co-founders of Be Sober doing this with my best friend, I probably would have nothing to do with sobriety, yeah. but I would still be sober. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, because it's that, I, I don't care anymore. I just don't want to drink. I just yeah. don't want to do it. So it's so insignificant. The people I hang out with don't drink because I've obviously yeah. met them through Be Sober, a lot of them. Yeah. Or, yeah. or they are sober anyway because they are the kind of people I attract. Yeah. So there would be no need to do that at all. No. And, no. and you know, I was thinking about you know, even my, even my dad, it became that much of an insignificant part. And, and, you know, even though he labeled himself as an alcoholic, one of my biggest regrets, and I've said this before, is forcing him. And I did as a child, just admit it, just admit you're an alcoholic because I'd believed as a child that people who admitted they were an alcoholic were on the first step to recovering from being an alcoholic. And, And there's all that whole thing around it. And actually, like you said earlier, anyone who drinks enough of alcohol will become addicted in either emotionally, either yeah. physically, you know, or physically. That is what it's meant to do. It's an addictive yeah. substance. So exactly. why are we blaming the person? Yeah, exactly. And then, and you see in, I think in AA, that that, that is one of the beliefs that it's not about the alcohol. It is about the person. And that's yeah. why you have yeah. to go through all this process of doing your your list of um, you know, resentments and all that. Now, I'm sure that's got its place, but do it with a counselor, do it with a professional counselor. I I, I find, you know, I, I get the whole, I absolutely get the whole buddy thing, the sponsorship thing, but it's a bit of a, a lottery as to who you're you're with. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're vulnerable and you I've heard of stories of people being sponsored and you know they don't really hit it off with that person and you know but they might 
think, oh, well, everything they say is gospel. And yeah. now, again, that's not necessarily the case for everyone. I really do mean that. And I, and I do, and I, and I'm really not knocking it, but it just wasn't for me. And I, I got to, I think I, it was eight, eight and a half years. No, wow. it was seven years I went. And then I had a year and a half where I didn't go, but I didn't drink. And, um, and then it literally, I don't know. It just came out of the blue one day. I was I was up in Scotland and it wasn't anything major had happened. It was just, it was a lovely evening. And I just went, oh, do you know what? I'm going to have a glass of champagne. And it, it was, it was like, it was it, what was the lady that, that was on the other day um, from America? Sue. 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 Yeah. Your story, I couldn't believe it. it was so parallel to mine in a way. Like she had 10 years or something. And not yeah, been, yeah, she did. And yeah, we didn't know that. I'll have a, yeah, and then she and she oh, I'll just I'll have a glass of wine, and and that's exactly what happened to me. And then you you think oh I'll just have one glass oh well, I'll have one glass tomorrow, and then you just get back into that habit. And of course, because it's an addictive substance, you you keep going back. Then your brain is telling you, oh um I uh, oh that that made me feel good, so so I'll do that again. Yeah, yeah. and this, this sort of carried on for a few months, and it was the year that I was turning fifty. And um, I had arranged to, to go with my my sort of closest best friends from from home. We were going to uh, have a girls' weekend in Oxford in a spa hotel. And I I got I had been I'd been I'd started drinking, but I hadn't really made a thing of it. And I sat I, before we went out. I got them into the the room, and I just said, "Look, I've got something to tell you. Um, I I've actually I've started drinking again, so I'm going to drink with you this weekend." And one of my friends said, she went, her instant reaction, first of all, was, oh my God, Ruth, you started drinking after all these years. And then she, she sort of went, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I was sort of like, you know, they were never, they, it was never a problem for them, me not drinking, but I think they kind of, you know, like, obviously. They kind I, of- I get that, you know, there's sometimes, and I'd be lying if you didn't tell, like me and Alex have kind of fantasized about our drinking days and we've had our own private conversations of like, it would be funny though, wouldn't it? You know, like, <laughs> when, when we actually unpick it and get to the reality of it, it's not something that we want to do, but I, we, we have both kind say. of gone Oh, I'd be pissed in a corner going, can you believe I run a sober group? Oh, yeah. And can you, and also, you know, both of us have said things like, we fully believe this, by the way, and this is true. We fully believe now we could have one glass of wine and then not go back. We both believe that. Yeah, but we do but not. Really. I, no, I don't. But not, I, that's I, what I'm saying, I, but not really. Yeah. Not really because, you know, I think, I think it is. I think... Because I mean, I must have consumed alcohol over the like with um, I don't know if it's been in a cake or something like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I, I can't be that. You know, like like sometimes like people in AA, you know, don't use mouthwash with alcohol. It's it's, it's yeah it's yeah right. And if you do, you've you've relapsed. That I, I've heard somebody saying that that they used. Imagine the meltdown in COVID when they were all hand sanitizing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I had a blown AA up. <laughs> no, well, that, I know. I mean, yeah. So, so I um, uh, so, so we had this weekend, and my and also my friends also told me they said they thought I was going to tell them something awful about my health. So, oh, you know, like, so there was so, a relief. And then, of course, because I hadn't really been drinking, at, you know, it had been quite intermittent. 
the effect on me was ridiculous because my body wasn't used to it. And I had the hangover from hell the next morning. I couldn't even eat breakfast. And listen, I love my food. So I, I love chopping. <laughs> and, um, I just couldn't face my breakfast. I couldn't go to the spa because I just felt so ill. And I thought, what is the point of this? You know, yeah. what is the point? And yet I carried on. Um, for for a few months, then I I came to June. I think this happened in March. So between March and uh, and June, and I then I decided, oh, I got to, I can't do this. I've got to, got to, I've got to stop again. Stopped. Had my fiftieth. Had a beautiful fiftieth birthday. Let me show you a picture. Of, um, <laughs> you can't really see this, but that's that's me hugging my dad at my fiftieth. Oh, that's beautiful. That's gorgeous. Look how dark your hair is there as well. I know. I know. And they're all dead now. Oh, what a beautiful... (laughs) Ruth, we're on a... (laughs) (laughs) All those poor dead people and dead Michael. I can't bear it. (laughs) My dad's dead as well. They're all gone. They're all gone. (laughs) But But it was a really lovely... Uh, evening it was black tie sit down dinner all the people that I had been that had known me like like my godmother people that had known me since I was a baby it wasn't like celebrity or anything like that it was it, and my best friend did a speech and it was lovely and um and I was you know I didn't I wasn't drinking it was great and then I just basically had from that time so that was September 2016 from that time up until to uh 2022 I had periods of not drinking and I, I listened to, um, I started listening to podcasts in about 20, it must have been, uh, I, I feel as if it was just when COVID, had, when the lockdown had happened, but it must have been a bit before that. And I, the first one I listened to was Over the Influence because my friend had told me about it because she and I, she's an, an actress friend of mine and she and I were always kind of like, going, oh God, I've got to stop drinking. It makes me feel bad. <laughs> and we'd have both have periods of not drinking. And then we'd, you know, oh God, I got drunk last night, you know, all that. So she told me about it. Um, I listened to Over the Influence. That's where I heard Lee Mengo actually. So I got in touch with Lee. Lee, I didn't know you didn't drink. Anyway, it was great. And then I started listening to uh, uh, Annie Grace. Somebody had told me about her book um, and I just found that, absolutely revolutionary because it's my first book too was it yeah Yeah. recommended by whom by you (laughs) (laughs) it just the way that it so calmly explains the mechanics of it and the science of of why and it does take away that thing that that you feel that you're a bad person because you you know you've had too too much wine the the thing for me was the pitcher plant the the bit where she talks about the pitcher plant and the fly that was the changing point for me where I thought oh I am the fly. (laughs) (laughs) Because you I mean I I don't know how you are how aware you are of how your tolerance over the years like got oh massively yeah I can I can remember in my 20s if I had half a bottle of wine oh my god I was drunk on that well then I'd need like a probably a bottle and a half the problem with my tolerance was Ruth I didn't react to it so as in I actually just upped it to the same point so from the very first time I drank I was sick the very first time I had alcohol I was sick Uh and I was sick nearly every weekend until yeah. I was 41. Yeah. I'm not even joking. Nearly yeah. every weekend I would drink myself to the point of being sick. Whether that took 
two two glasses of white lightning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or two bottles. Like of like you used a glass. Yeah, like all right. Ever. Two little bottles. <laughs> Two blastaways. Both oh, out the bottles. Oh, yeah. In a dressing gown with a glass of white lightning inside. <laughs> in my pocket, shouting, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, yeah. it, it, I just went and went. I'm, I'm saying every weekend, that's not true because I didn't drink like that every weekend. And there was, like you, huge sense of sobriety for whatever reason. But yeah. when I drank on a, in a social occasion, I didn't, I didn't switch off. No. I didn't switch off. And and like you, you know, at one point, I mean, I think you said you couldn't face your breakfast. My very final hangover the, that morning, my father-in-law had made bacon sandwiches. And I swear to you, I ate it with my cheek on the breakfast bar. <laughs> I promise you. I oh, promise. And I was, a you know, a mum of three kids. Absolute disgrace. And that was, I, I text Lisa and said, I'm stopping drinking. And I made a video of myself, which I still have. And that's that was my last time. Yeah. Sideways eating bre- bacon sandwiches isn't pretty. It is, it's, it's interesting as well that with a video. I, I the Many times I videoed myself. I mean, there'll be videos on my phone somewhere. And I, I've watched a couple of them back where it's been at the end of the night. And I'm literally like slurring, going, <laughs> I really... I just and I've gone. I just wanted to make a note of this. <laughs> I'm feeling terrible, and I, I just want you to know tomorrow night if you open a bottle of wine, this is how you're going to feel. Yeah. <laughs> Messages to myself. Ruth, I think Ruth, I sent you I the video, didn't I? Sorry, I, would, I think I sent you the video of my yeah. find of when Lisa filmed me on my fortieth birthday. Yes, yes, you did. You did. Yeah, you I'm, were. You were actually really sweet. I thought you were a sweet. I yeah. put that on my social media laughing my head off at the time. Right, Alex, yes. not about you now. Ruth, I want to ask you stuff. <laughs> Get off, Alex. You Get off your podcast. <laughs> you said earlier about like um, not making the most of opportunities when you were drinking when you were younger. So has stopping drinking influenced your career or your creativity? Yes, definitely. Um I well, I can remember. I remember there was. Um, I went for an audition once. For, it was a recall, and it was for a, a film. Do you remember that film, uh, Girl with a Pearl Earring? Do you remember? Oh, it, it was um, Scarlett Johansson was in it. I, I, yeah, but I don't think I've seen it. Kind of, oh, kind of book, and then they made the film. And I went for the audition for the. the I can't remember what part it was. It was quite a nice part though, and um, I. And I and and I I had a hangover and I and I remember going in and, and I didn't make the most of that audition at all. Now I'm not saying I'm oh God. Joe Joe Scanlon played it and she was actually much better than I would have been. But it it, it just makes you. There were there were times when you just go, oh, what a shame, what a wasted opportunity. However, the flip now of that is that uh that I'm now being able, I'm getting sort of getting the chance to to do something about it now, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So opportunities that I get now, I'm feeling much more sort of positive about. So um what what happened just to finish this the story because it's sort of related is that I got to um September of last year, uh yeah, 2022. And it's my birthday's on, on the 22nd of September. And um, just on the build-up of that, 
it would be when the Queen died. And I, me and my husband, we were big fans of the Queen. I'm not going to lie. I'm not ashamed to say it. I thought she was really cool. And uh, and uh, I was really sad when she died because I think mainly not because I personally knew her, but because obviously, I, I mean, I did meet her twice. Obviously, actually. I personally oh, knew her, I, I but, you know, that's not why. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't think she recognised me. Um, but uh, she, yeah, she uh, just—it was because she, what she, it was at the end of an era, and it just made me feel like, oh my god, I'm getting old. You know, the queen's died, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But we, but we did have a kind of like, you know, we really had a good old, not. A, Oh, sounds awful, doesn't it? Having a party, it wasn't all knees up. <laughs> it was, it was yeah, a virtual wake. It was, yeah, it was a bit of a wake. It was a royal wake. Um, and so that was also early September, and then I got to my birthday, and I didn't even have a particularly big. If I, we we had a takeaway, um, watched a film, had a bottle of champagne, and I just went. I'm going to stop drinking tomorrow for a year. That's what I decided. So I'll do it for a year and stop for a year. But I I put that kind of caveat in because I wanted, I knew that it was easier to say to people, I'm stopping for a year. Yeah. A lot of my friends, they're used to me not drinking. Oh, my tummy's rumbling. Sorry. They're used <laughs> to me not drinking. So they will kind of like go, uh, are you, are you on or off it at the moment? You know, so that it, that's how yeah, yeah. off it. Um, and so it was going to be easier to explain to people if I said I was doing it for a year, but I knew in my heart, I thought, nah, time's come now, Ruth. I'm 50. It was because I turned 57 and I just thought, I really want to enjoy what I've got left and make the most of the, the things I have that you take for granted. You know, the fact I can walk down the stairs, the fact that I can see things. I mean, basic things like that. Um, so it was uh, hugely because of health and just hugely because I knew it affects my anxiety levels like waking up when I've had a drink the night before feeling like a horrible oh. anxiety which is compounded by menopause and I so I just thought why am I doing this to myself um and so that was kind of the reasoning behind it and I knew, and again, in in very Annie Mary, in Annie Grace's book, he does say... <laughs> it's not going to get old, though. Yeah. It's funny every time. <laughs> he does say, um, make that absolute decision. And I know, um, Lisa, that you've said it in your one of your blogs about just make the decision. Just be really clear cut. I am not drinking for Christmas. You know, when you were talking about Christmas and it just takes the pressure off you. Once you've made that decision, once you've got that clear cut decision, I am not, I'm not, I'm just not drinking. It takes it away. And I think with the help of listening to podcasts, I listen to podcasts all the time. I pretty much listen to a sober podcast of some kind pretty much every day I listen wow. to you guys over the influence um sober dave uh, jane janie lee grace um, have you listened to the sober awkward one i think i might have listened to one or two i'm not yeah, sure yeah that's quite good that's all right yeah um oh and i'm listening to, to to books i mean i do love a good yeah quick lit book and Claire Pooley I'm friends with and oh. discussions with her about it because we're both novelists now but but yeah I, I first got in touch with her about the the um sober diaries so you know and I think her book was that was fantastic and so many there are so many good 
um, uh, uh, literature. There's good literature, I think, out there for people who just want to hear somebody else's experience and not feel that they're on their own with it, you know? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so I reached my, I had my one year in September and I'd booked on to Over the Influence um, would do it. They do these great sort of like walks and get togethers. And there was one in Wales in Penavan. And I just thought, oh, I know that that's doable for me because I'm not a I'm not a walker, but I wanted to do something significant on my one year not drinking. And um, and so, yeah, so I walked up Penavan, the easy route. I didn't go with the really experienced over the influences, um, <laughs> a mile hike or something. Um, and uh, yeah, and so I was there top of the um top of the, the the summit as it were and and I just thought oh great so here comes year two and that's where I am now really it's we amazing. saw that picture and it was amazing you know I did um that mountain a few years ago did you? with um Rob yeah and what we'd done is we'd gone to do um the waterfall walks right oh. there yeah. So we parked up in the motorhome and we're like, oh, this looks like a good spot. So we parked up and then in the morning we were like, why so many people here? And we was literally parked at the bottom of the mountain. Oh my we God. were sat having our breakfast with the window and we were watching them all go up. And he was like, I said, don't ask me, don't ask me. Anyway, we ended up going up that morning, um, but it was raining and we didn't get any views. So it was so lovely to see your pictures. (laughs) It was a beautiful day. It was, it it really was beautiful. And, and, you know, it's sorry, because I've really taken ages to answer your question. But what I would say is this last year for me has been, there's been so much going on uh, that, oh, I'm not going to, go into because it's too it's not terribly interesting for anyone else but there's been a lot of stuff going on that's very that has been stressful and exciting and um if I had been drinking there's no way on god's earth I could have achieved what I've achieved this year absolutely no way on god's earth and in recent times as you know because I think you're going to come and see it yes um, not the part in sister act which I'm doing in March and I I mean I've shared with you how completely nervous I am about doing it however it's a great opportunity to to do a, a West End musical at the age of 57 it's, it's fantastic and I'm really thrilled that they asked me to do it but it's going to be scary I've got to sing songs I've got to remember lines I've even got to do a bit of dancing so I'm um and again that would not have happened and it would not be able to cope with it if I was if I didn't have an alcohol free life because it just wouldn't I wouldn't be able to deal with you know the anxiety the 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 health you know being feeling fitter all of those things so um so there've been so much opportunity I've finished my fourth novel now um I'm in the process of doing the next draft of that that's again I wouldn't have have, have got that done so um and I have a better envelope next time for that one I heard, <laughs> yes <laughs> I loved it. Oh, hear the gratitude. Yeah, because there were bits everywhere. (laughs) Um, Can we we just go on to your fitness? Because I don't know if we're even allowed to say this, but the three of us are going to do something next year as well, aren't we? Oh, God, yes. I know. That is, well, so we are going to run the Cardiff 10K on the 1st of September, which I cannot believe it. And it's so funny because I'm going to be running for two charities. One is... uh, um, called T Happis, which is a, a local charity for people with early onset dementia. And the other one is um, the, the Gareth Edwards Cancer Charity, who which helps 
young people who have cancer between the age of 15 and 35 in Wales. And they're a very small charity. And that's where I was this morning because I was, uh, I went to meet some of the, the um, board meet, board members, young people who've, who've, who've been ill with cancer. Um, and I decided to run for them as well. So on the board meeting, it had as num- one of the numbers, one of the, the uh, things on the agenda was, uh, Ruth is running the 10K. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> You've said it now. Oh no. Can, can I tell you something, um, which I've not told you and I've wanted to share, right? And I think you'll get this because we've spoken. My husband's agreed to do it with us. <gasps> like he's wow. he's got such a journey to do it. Oh wow! We've oh, got okay. a few people in actually, Ruth. We have, we have, yeah. And please, will you share? Is the link so people can donate to them? Charities? Well, this is the thing. I need. To, I was talking to them about that this morning because I'll need to. Because I'm not on any social media, I'll need to work out a way of of doing. It. I think I'll just set up. A, probably just set up a just giving page. That's probably the best. If thing. you do that, and then we Let can share it. the just giving page. That would oh, be brilliant. Be lovely. Thank and we'll get everybody who's running to kind of share that page for it. Oh, yeah, yeah that would be so good. I'm I'm practicing for this 10k to not pressure myself for timings because I've always been quite competitive and I'm not a natural runner. So what puts me off is I try and run fast and then I hate it and I hate myself and I never run again. This time last year I did my first ever park run and I've never done one since because because I ran too fast for myself. So I'm going to, I really want to just really enjoy Enjoy it it. and and just go at a really lovely pace. So that is my plan for that. I, on the other hand, have got a definite goal and want to smash it. <laughs> That's brilliant! Oh, it'll be so nice. It would be really lovely to uh, to just to to do it, and um, it's nice to have that goal ahead of you know. The, I know there's going to be huge mountains to climb before then, um, but uh, but hopefully we'll get there. No, we will. I feel like I want to tell you this, and I, I kind of don't go with anything that we're saying, but. <laughs> this is is dying to come out it does relate a bit to death again but what I can't like since you've said it I can't get it out of my head so it's got to come out have you written it down Lisa you're 57 and my stepdad was 56 when he died and that was because of alcohol and it was something that we never really spoke about like we owned a pub he drank every single day of his life he desperately used to beg for days off drinking. So when we had the pub, it'd be like, please, please, will you not tell anybody that I'm in today? Just tell them that I'm not out. And he would go upstairs yeah. and kind of like, and we'd just have to say no. And I remember going up saying, but so-and-so's in and they've come all the way from Manchester to see you. And he'd be like, oh. Um, and he had this internal battle that we never really spoke about. And then when he died, and from exactly the same way Alex's dad um also died it still was never spoken about that alcohol was a cause and it's not until I've stopped drinking that me and my mum have gone oh my god it it was because of alcohol why have we never spoken about this but looking at you achieving all this incredible stuff and doing sister act and 
dancing and singing and planning 10Ks. It's like all them years that you've had not drinking has had such a positive effect and it's just amazing to see, you know, like, and that's kind of what I wanted to share that I'm I'm sad in a way that Terry would have had so much life had he have known that not drinking was an option. Yeah, yeah. But also it's incredible to see. That's oh, that's really lovely of you. And I think, you know, one of the things that I suppose I have a little bit of an issue with with AA is the fact that if you have one drink, you've you've wrecked it all, and you've got to start again from scratch. And you know, yeah. you re, uh, uh, what they call it, re, what is it, a, re, a relapse. Whereas yeah. I think, you know, I think I used to say this like with people with smoking, giving up smoking. If you just have a day when you don't smoke, that's good. That's something to achieve. Yeah. So I think. People feel almost like, oh, I'm gonna if I oh if I fail, then what's the point? Whereas actually, if you have some days with with where you you don't drink and you and you feel like you're having a battle with it, then you know that's that's good. It's 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 like again yeah. Annie Grace, but saying that you know if you get seventy five percent in an in a in an exam, that's really good. You're not you don't go oh well, I didn't get a hundred percent, therefore I'm rubbish. I've failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. and you're Alex. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I am not that bad. 70%. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I see so many people in our members group kind of, oh, I'm back to day one, I'm back to day one. And it and it does, it makes me really sad. I remember in my when I was doing my first hundred days and I halfway through I had a drink and I remember posting about it. And somebody was saying, Lisa, just Take that off. You've done yeah. so well. That's one day in yeah. Yeah. And yeah. now you know that you want to carry it on. And I was like, I did run two day counters at the side because I couldn't quite get past it in my head. But yeah, yeah. But it does it. And all them years that you've done and all them days has had such a good effect, hasn't it, going forward? The collective, isn't it? It's like the accumulation of days, not how many days in a row. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So with that, I just want to say thank you so much, Ruth, for coming on. We have been so excited and nervously weeing. <laughs> she wasn't just weeing now. I might as well say it. She shared it before. <laughs> oh, you've just made that such a breeze and it's been so lovely to do this. Is there anything that you want to share before we kind of wrap it up? Um, no, I just... I just, I'm without wanting to like blow smoke up your ass. I just think it's a great, great podcast. I honestly, I can't tell you. It just makes me smile every time. And I, and I, I, part of me goes, oh, I wish it was on every week, but I know you can't. And in a way, I quite like the fact that it makes it even more sort of special and rarefied. And, um, uh, and I just love listening to it. And I think you do so much good for so many people. Oh, have I bored you now? <laughs> oh, you've just broken it. I'll tell you a story about so that. Oh, sorry. I'm no, I know, puppy, puppy. <laughs> Hello, darling. Ruth, before you finish your sentence, basically before, we'd sort of said, if Lisa needs to go, it's because of the dog. But if I need to go, it's because I'm bored. So that's really funny. (laughs) (laughs) 
Then she was praying nobody knocked on a door because. <laughs> oh God! Well, my little my granddaughter's oh, going to arrive soon, so I'm really excited about that because she. I've got I've got three, and one of my daughters has got two babies, and one of them's in nursery. But the the baby baby's coming today, so um, so I'm quite excited about that. And uh, yeah, so just to say, I just do think it's it's fantastic, and um, and I really look forward. To, um, I have signed up to come to the. Um, the wild weekend in September. Yeah, uh, hoping. I, I thought I'll sign up to it. I'm. I'm not sure what will happen with dates and stuff. But I thought, well, if I've signed up, then at least I. I know I've got the place. And I've got. Uh, I'm camping because there weren't any um, places left in the dorms. So I'm quite oh. excited about that if that happens. But we'll come and say hi from uh, the motorhome. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you could have had. You know I what, can I just... Um, New Year, is this going out New Year's... Are we New Year's Day today? New Year's Day. Happy New oh. Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Oh, Happy New Year, everyone. Bloy the now with thy, he geed. That's... Uh, <laughs> yes, 2024. I know. Yeah. Can you believe it? Oh, amazing! It's going to be a good year. Yeah, yeah, it is. We, I think, it is. Let's 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 embrace and be positive. We've got so much to be grateful for, haven't we? Living in this country, and I know people. Uh, we all moan about, you know, uh, lots of things uh, going yeah. on. But we could be in much worse places, couldn't we? So uh, let's let's capitalize upon the positive. I say. Yes. Definitely. And I fully, can I capitalise on the fact that there's a few places left at the Be Wild South weekend? So if anybody wants to book on, there is literally, I think, about eight places left. Oh, yeah. So if anybody wants to book on, book your tickets, go to You Beast can come next to Ruth. <laughs> coming on the north, I'm coming on the northern one. The northern, oh, is it the northern yeah. one? Yeah. September. September. Oh, well, there's some places left there too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't all book on the south one and then be like, where's Ruth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's um, not coming. We'll get Ruth, to a just, video. We, do you know what? In, in the excitement, almost forgot to ask you our question. And that oh. would have been unfair. So our motto is be brave, be kind, be sober. Which one do you most relate to right now and why? Uh, I... I do relate to all of them. I think we have to, I think being kind is the best thing to be, especially in this current climate. Be kind to people just on a very, on a day-to-day -day basis, like people that you see. Obviously be sober because it gives you so much more freedom. But for me personally at the moment, it's be brave because I am facing... <laughs> <laughs> I'm facing going on stage <laughs> in the West End and I am scared. So I'm going to be brave and I'm going to enjoy it. Um, so that's for me personally. But I do think the whole the whole motto is great and all three apply to everyone. Thank you so much. Honestly, it's been brilliant speaking to you and finally seeing you like you know I feel like we know you already but oh, seeing you as a three we've not done this I mean you know it's nice I know it's really lovely it's really lovely and um and a happy new year to you all yeah happy new year happy Ruth. New year. <laughs> see you. thank you and see you later bye bye, bye. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. We really do appreciate your support. So to stay updated with our latest episodes, be sure to follow or subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to share the Be Sober Love with your friends, helping us reach even more people.
If you're interested in learning more about the impactful work we do, or you want to become part of our incredible Be Sober community, visit our website at besoberofficial.com. There you'll find all the information you need and discover how you can get involved. We look forward to welcoming you into our community of changemakers. Until next time, be brave, be kind, and be sober!